Welcome to Get Your Book Seen and Sold. I am your host, Claudine Wolk. You can find me at my Substack account, claudinewolk.substack.com. We're talking all about publishing and book marketing. If you have decided that you want to write a book and you're trying to figure out how to publish it, or maybe you've already written a book and you're trying to figure out how to market it, this is the podcast slash Substack for you. Our goal is to give you great tips, by example in some cases, to help you get your book seen and sold. So join us through the newsletter or the podcast today and get your book seen and sold. If you like what you hear, leave us a five-star rating. Welcome to Get Your Book Seen and Sold. I'm your host, Claudine Walk. With us today is Margot Dill. She is a professional writer, editor, instructor, speaker, writing coach, and owner of an independent publishing firm. She has a master's degree in English and a master's degree in elementary education, ah, which makes it perfectly, it makes perfect sense that she has published four books for children and teens. She's here today to talk to us about anything we decide we want to ask her about, really. And you can find her at editor-911.com. Welcome, Margot. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. Thanks so much for being with us. So we met through the WOW uh, Women on Writing blog tour that I used to promote my book. Right. And yes, yes, and you were part of that. You were part of that blog tour, but you, um, it's such a great way to meet people. It really is. People who really care about books and authors and getting the word out and getting people's messages out there. And I loved your website. I thought your website was fantastic. (laughs) Yes. So, so glad to have you here. And so tell us about your independent publishing firm and how that works, because our authors are always looking for options. And independent publishers are something that is is starting to really come to the fore and and a great alternative for authors who don't want to do it themselves. Right. So my publishing, I call it my publishing company is called Editor 911 Books, because uh, I used to just do like writing services which I called editor 911. And so I decided to keep it all in one to not confuse myself. So (laughs) it's easier when you only have one thing to remember. So, um, and it sort of got started during the pandemic as a lot of things seemed to get started, but I had gone to the conference in Las Vegas that is called, 20 books to 50k which some people might have heard of before which is about independent publishing and making a living from independent publishing and then i had a friend from an old critique group that i had been in before i moved to st louis and he was 91 years old at the time and he had been trying to get a book of short stories basically for kids published for a long time and It's not maybe the most popular genre for kids. And so he asked me if I would consider helping him. And I said, yes, I had just been to this conference and it taught me all about it. And so it sort of was a perfect combination. I had time to do it because it was the pandemic. And so that that's sort of how it all got started. And since then, it's grown as things tend to do. And I've published... uh, I think six 
different people now. All people that I have known in the writing world, you know, like from other, I haven't published anyone yet that I don't know at all. So, um, so that just goes to show you that networking works. <laughs> And uh, it's traditional in that um, I do use Amazon and Ingram Spark just like a self publisher would because I don't have a big warehouse for a bunch of books. But uh, we split the royalties 50 50. And I do all the all the formatting and creative and everything myself. So uh, yeah, that's how we do it. That's awesome. So royalties split 50-50, and who owns the book? The author. The author owns the book. So important, isn't it, that that's yeah. the case? Yeah. I don't want to own someone's book, so. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. And I have some, some of them are children's books, and so I, the, each time that, someone has had a picture book that they wanted to publish they knew an illustrator and they worked out a deal with the illustrator themselves i haven't done any of that negotiating yet um and so a couple of them used like one like fred that's the man who was in his 90s he uh knew a college student who was who was looking for experience and so she he and she worked out a deal and then they liked it so much that they started doing more and then sometimes they'll do because they live near each other so they will do little book fairs and things together too so that they both can get more money from their sold books so that's pretty great so you know it's it's being creative and using your resources and having an open mind and trying new things and <laughs> mm -hmm. all the stuff that goes with being a creative. So. Absolutely. So tell me like the general time timeline from the authors that you've worked with from the time that they've completed writing the book. Well, the, what what time do they of, get published? Yeah. Yeah. It depends. Um, it really depends because I'm a one man or one woman show. And so I would say that I have been on a backlog, a little bit of a backlog right now, because I had to have neck surgery. So that's the thing when you're working with an independent publisher who is a one woman show or even a two woman show, if something happens to the person, then maybe things are a little slower than if you were doing it yourself. So I I would say average probably for a picture book is just a few months of when the pictures and the words are finished. For a longer work, it takes maybe six to eight months because I have to edit it first and then there could be revisions and then it has to come back to me. And so um, something like that, I would say. Okay. I mean, much faster than two years for a <laughs> traditional publisher right and i do like depending on the person um so like one person that i'm working with right now she's she wrote a memoir that is it's super emotional and it's inspirational but it's also very disturbing and it's about her life in bangladesh in the 70s and 80s as a child and um 
so it has a lot of abuse and violence and um it's hard it's a hard book but it but she has risen above it so it's an inspirational book so the point i was going to make with this is that she wants to be able to do um enough of the pre marketing things mm -hmm. that you need to do that you suggest in your book <laughs> yeah and um so and it has taken me a while to edit this because i want it to be just right and we want to put some pictures in it and um and she was not a professional writer when we started so anyway that one is taking a little longer and then there'll be a little bit more of a lag time because she wants to be able to do all the important things that you need to do in order to get your book seen and sold so. <laughs> hey you took my line <laughs> right absolutely yeah. so good anyway it, so i try to work with people and yep. um you know and this is why currently i'm only working with people that i know because i um this is not my only source of income and so i can't dedicate all day every day to it like i wish i could and so therefore i have to have people that are patient right and that that was going to be my next question for you about the um is that something that you'd like to do uh eventually you would like it to be your I career the dream is that right everybody has that dream um it so how i always think of it is you're building something that is not going to go away if you work at it you know so you're you're building people's books and careers and series and and i know all of the things that you're supposed to do correctly it's just they all take a lot of time mm -hmm. and so um, and while you're waiting for that, all of that to come together, you have to be able to eat and feed your children and <laughs> yeah, those, those people, <laughs> all of that stuff. So it, it, it does come down to a matter of priority and time in my opinion. And what, what is that? And your individual situation, whether or not, you know, you have a one income family, two income family and so on. So um, I, I love it. I love doing it. It's, it's very motivating and inspirational to help people have their dreams come true. Plus, it's like reading interesting books and also giving people a chance who traditionally might not have a publishing career or get their books published. And so um, all of those things are, are why I do it. But it right now, it, it's not for the money. It's, um, and it's also exciting when, like, when strangers, when you can tell that strangers are buying the book, like, I do a few Amazon ads. And so when something sells with an ad, it's very exciting. <laughs> so somebody searched these keywords, and they chose this book to be the one to, for whatever reason they were, you know, buying a book. And so it, it gets, it's sort of exciting. I find it exciting. So did you find that process difficult learning how to prepare an Amazon ad and, and get all the coordinates right so that it, it does hit? It is difficult. It's still, it's like always, it's a never ending process of learning how to do it. I have a couple that are pretty successful. Um, 
some that just aren't no matter how hard I seem to try it, or it's just not what people are searching for or whatever. But I did take the uh, Mark Dawson's self-publishing course. Um, I, you know, like once you buy it, um, I, I think I took his ads. I think he has two or three courses maybe now. And I took the one that's about ads. And so once you buy it, you are in it for life and they change it and update it and everything. So I have not had time lately to go back in there, but it is well worth the money because you never are kicked out. And it changes all the time. Like you say, the Amazon, you know, things that they offer, the ways to do it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So that's a really good deal. It is a big one-time investment. I don't even know how much they're charging now, but, um, but I think it's worth it. So you do. How, yeah, that's how I kind of learned that Amazon ads. It's how I learned um, to use Photoshop for book covers was through their mm-hmm. school or their university, they call it. But, you know, you don't get university credit. And um, <laughs> I think I think I started the Facebook course, the Facebook ad course. I just or you know, module, but I just haven't finished it yet and that's another thing that changes all the time facebook right (laughs) yeah i mean in addition to creating the ad itself like you have to create the graphic right and then you have to you know pay to upload it and then also decide you know for how long and the type of ad and you know try maybe try to target it to people that's why amazon ads to me are easier if you can get them to work because it's really just figuring out what are people searching for and then what does does your book fit in that you know and you can tell that after putting some keywords in and seeing if people are even clicking on them you know clicking on your book from those keywords yep yep yeah and i hate to you know suggest courses all the time but there's one that i really felt uh, and i appreciate your suggestion as well um publisher rocket by the kindlepreneur uh, Dave Chesson. Oh, yeah. yeah, I know him too. He's yeah, good. I love yeah. that software because it it's, yeah. it does exactly what you're saying. It teaches you how to, uh, or I'm sorry, it's a it, it's your way to research Amazon and find out what folks are searching on. Right. And um, right. you come away with categories and keywords that you can use um, in order to to build some of these ads. And Amazon makes a lot of sense to me because obviously book buyers are going to Amazon to purchase a book. Facebook, I know there are groups maybe that all talk about one topic and that would make sense if you could find a way to target that group on Facebook. Um, But not every Facebook user is is a book buyer. Right. Right. So it's it's a it's tricky, right? It's a tricky yeah. it's a tricky thing. So you are also an author in your own right. Is that how you got to be an independent publisher? Yes. I, I when I went to the um, self publishing the the um, twenty books to fifty k conference, I went with my critique group. They were interested in going, and I really didn't honestly realize it was only about self-publishing i was just looking forward to going for a week to las vegas with my critique group and so (laughs) (laughs) and i knew there would be things about writing and marketing and you know so but when i got there and i kind of heard um what everyone was doing and how um, people were sort of taking control of their own careers and um 
you know, cared about the quality of their books and all of that, then I was like, oh, this is really interesting. I had been traditionally published, I think three, three books by then or something like that. Um, so I was not, I didn't know anything about um, self-publishing to be honest. So yeah, it was, it was sort of a game changer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it is a business, but it's a whole it's a whole new way to think about yourself as your own business. And I think right. once an author can can, you know, get through that hurdle, it really becomes a lot easier because all the things that you can do with publishing, it really is contained. You just really have to take the time to learn all of the things that you have to do. And one one of those things is distribution. And you mentioned your distribution channels as an independent publisher. For those in the audience who don't understand distribution, could you explain that a little bit? And again, the caveat here is that distribution also changes all the time too. But for right right now, um, can you explain kind of how that works and why it's important to know? Yeah. So, um, of course, there's ebooks, audiobooks, and print books. So print books are the biggest one that people are always wondering about because um, it is expensive to get your books um, printed in an, at a, from like a cheap press somewhere and, and put them in a warehouse to then have some way to get them to other people. Uh, that's why publishing companies or, you know, are often the big ones or like a university that already sort of has some way to do that. And so with independent publishing, I just use Amazon's publishing services and Ingram spark, which is how you get your books sold through like Barnes and Noble or independent bookstores. And so I do both because I want to be able to well, you get a little bit more money on Amazon if you use their publishing services, but you could just do it on Ingram Spark because that's what a lot of publishing companies do. So you load your stuff to Ingram Spark, and they're becoming much more user friendly to compete with Amazon, taking away some of their fees and having a dashboard that's easier to use now. And then you are paying them a some of your royalties so you're not actually paying them money you're but you're they're getting out some of your royalty or they're charging you to print the book basically they're charging you to print the book and then they are the ones that send it to barnes and noble or to the independent publisher or to the person who orders it and you aren't doing that yourself so you could you make more money if you were able to print a you know, 10,000 copies and sell them. Well, if you could sell them and you could sell them for enough of a profit that you can afford the rent on where you're storing them and everything. But that's a lot. Yeah. <laughs> I oh, yeah. do that. I wouldn't be able to do that. And I would be worried about it. And it just isn't worth it to me. So this is how I do it. And it's how most independent publishers and or independent authors are distributing their books. Right. So with the ebook then would be sold through um, 
Amazon exclusively, I, or is that just one right of the... Now. Okay. That's what I do right now, only because... Um, I do that right now because mostly because I started with children's books and children's novels. So those are not super popular ebooks for ebooks. Um, so we use the Amazon exclusivity basically sort of as like an advertisement because some people will get it on through their uh, Kindle Unlimited Reads program to check it out and then they'll buy a copy or they'll get it for free, you know, when you offer free books. Um, it's a way to get reviews. All of those little tactics are less likely to work with children's books on if you go wide, which is what it's called if you allow your ebook to be seen in a lot of different e-stores like Apple, Kobo, Barnes and Nobles is at Nook. I don't know if they, mm -hmm. they still have it. Yeah. So then I just recently started publishing memoirs. And so I haven't investigated to see if that would be a good use of my time to start going to those other um, sources to see if you can get, you know, got it. Some deals there. So Right now, for ebooks, I just use Kindle. Got it. So that we're talking about the KDP Select, at least that's what it's called now, right. for the right. ebook. But I just want to make clear that on the Ingram Spark side, that even though the book is being printed through Ingram Spark, you can still sell a printed copy through Amazon. Right. Yes, yeah. that's right. So we just want to make sure that that is clear. And then the one other question I had about the distribution, Ingram Spark as a distributor, do they offer anything for publishers or authors who um, want some ad advertising um, before their book comes out? Do they have catalogs? Do they have advertising? Anything like that? Do they do? Yeah, they do that. Um, when you're in the dashboard and you're getting ready or actually after you push like publish or print or whatever it says then some messages will pop up where you can be included in a catalog um it is an extra cost and i haven't i did it like once or twice i haven't noticed any big sales from that but i have not investigated the best way to use that resource. So I, I don't feel like I'm an a, expert to talk about whether right. or not that's good. But just good. that they exist is, is something. And, yeah. they, and again, Ingram Spark is trying to be competitive with Amazon. And so they are offering more and more things all the time. And so I wouldn't be surprised if they soon are offering easier ways to get your book yes. out there and seen by readers who would want to read it that's the thing it most of this is trying it's not that your book is good or bad <laughs> i mean you know you hope your book is good and it's more that people don't even know it exists right and so um it's really trying to find your readers and being persistent in the fact that you have a book that you would you know that other people will enjoy and go from there. Yes. Yeah. And on that subject, um, how important are reviews on Amazon, let's say, or on any online outlet? 
Well, for sure on Amazon, they're super important because people really use the reviews from Amazon to decide whether or not they're going to buy a book. It seems like. But do they get do you get a better, um, you know, exposure? Does Amazon reward someone with a lot of reviews by pointing more people to your book? Yeah, I think it's not only that it's that the rewarding more reviews, but the more reviews you have, the more times it's been sold and or clicked on and or touched in some way. So um, the algorithm is rewarding is rewarding that really. So um, so it's important to have reviews, but it is important for many of those to be organic, which is people who have bought the book and been encouraged by Amazon to um, go ahead and review your book. And then the person does do that. So I, you know, it's, it's tough. It is. It's tough. It's tough to get reviews. It's tough for people that don't, that aren't authors to understand how important reviews are. Mm -hmm. And um, it's tough to sometimes take what, other people think about your work so you know it's all (laughs) all sorts of uh all sorts of things when it comes to reviews but yes reviews are super important anything that you've heard about reviews is probably absolutely true and and it's just if you think about yourself if you're looking at two products that are seem similar and one has you know 50 reviews and the other one has one then you're probably going to go towards the 50 unless there's something about the one that's standing out to you so yep yep yeah I had a whole pre-publication review uh thing going on where I sent the um, pdf of the book out to folks way in advance of publication uh people that I knew who I thought would be interested in the book you know I I kept my family members off the list because none of them cared about you know (laughs) marketing or writing a book so they weren't but I had a lot of other people in my orbit who I knew were interested and so I sent out a um you know an email with a link where folks could easily write a quickie review if they liked the book and they could also, you know, down obviously download the book so that they could read it. So that that really helped a lot. I got a big jump right on reviews. Yeah. And then I was able to use them as endorsements, you know, before the book published on the right. even in on the back cover of the book before it was finalized, all that kind of stuff. So that's a good thing, but it never ends because then after you publish, you also have to, you know, just continue to get those right. reviews and and have people, you know, have a look. So it is. It yeah. is a very complicated process. So you help authors um, with all of this, uh, Margot, in your practice, in your your company? Right. Um, yes. So <laughs> what we do, what I try to do with the uh, publishing part of it is offer, uh, you know, ARCs, which is advanced reader copies, to anyone that the author would like to send a book up to I think I have a limit of like 10 depending on the book and and then after that we'll send out as many PDFs or ebooks that the person would want so 10 print copies and um, as many of the other and then every once in a while I will if I think a book is you know low on reviews I will offer in my newsletter people you know, if the first five people could get a printer ebook to review something like that, 
uh, in exchange for an honest review. The thing that you have to be careful about is um, not rewarding people for reviews. Like that's frowned upon. And, you know, like uh, offering an Amazon gift card for whatever they would want to purchase in exchange for a review or something like that. That's, you don't want to do that. You don't want to pay for a review. No. No. <laughs> And um, and then the other thing is that uh, with Amazon, you have to make sure that the people, I, it used to be $50 a year, like a person that's going to review the book for you has to spend $50 a year on Amazon. And if they don't, then Amazon- Is that crazy? Yeah. That's crazy. I think it's because of all the people that were buying reviews and or- mm not getting honest reviews and so they they just set some limit to right. that so um but then if if somebody wants to review your book and they don't spend 50 dollars on amazon they can review it on goodreads mm -hmm. or they can review it on barnes and noble or you know any place else where you have have your book um they can give you a quote like you said mm -hmm. they can put it on their own facebook page so it's not that you have to turn down somebody. It's just, it seems like everybody wants the Amazon reviews because Amazon is where people, where customers and readers are going to buy the majority of right. books these days. So yeah. you have to, if you want to be successful, it's almost like you, you can't say, I'm just done with Amazon. <laughs> right, right. And that's the thing. I'm guilty of it too, in terms of, you know, I, I know how big of a share of the market Amazon has and therefore how hard it is for an author to be seen and a book to be seen. And, right. and, and at the same time, that's the first place I go when I'm checking yeah, out right. a book, right? So right. yeah, you right. have to be cognizant of that. Um, right. So I wanted to ask you what you felt about um, your writing coach experience. That's something that you've also done in, in, your, in your background. And just curious, do you still do it? And what what what's that process like, a writing coach? So I do still do writing coaching. Um, most of it these days is through WOW, which we talked about at the beginning of this, WOW Women on Writing. Um, it's through a course that I offer with them, um, which is called Writing a Novel with a Writing Coach. So with that process it's more either the person already has a draft of a manuscript and they they enroll in the course and then i read what they have written and uh offer them feedback answer questions for them about the publishing process or about um, how to revise or edit their book or or something like that and then um the other thing I do with that course is that I will help someone who ha who has an idea, but they can't quite figure out how to write a novel. So we usually go through Save the Cat Writes a Novel, which is something that probably a lot of people have heard about. It's a process of, of formatting or, or of outlining a novel without it being a strict outline. And I help them understand what Save the Cat Writes a Novel is saying, and then I look at what they're planning, and I I encourage them to keep going. Um, 
And so that's another way I do it. And then I have done things like somebody has a goal to publish a book in a year or something like that. And so uh, I work with them to help them understand what it would take to publish a book in a year. Mm -hmm. And or I will help people once they have a manuscript. Now, what do I do? You know, like, how do I query agents? How do I uh, find a publisher? Well, what, how do I write a synopsis? How do I write a query letter? So it really depends. Writing coach is kind of a very broad term, depending on what people need or want. Um, and I've done a, a, all of those scenarios for people. Nice. So, and I do still do it. Um, I don't have as much time to do it as I used to um, before I started. I also work full time for a marketing agency. So um, I when I was when I was like a stay at home mom <laughs> slash writer, publisher, writing coach, uh, I would often schedule phone calls with people during like nap time. Sure. Know, and I would talk to them and help them figure all that out. So it just really de depends and varies. I do a lot of picture book editing, which I put under the writing coach sure. um, umbrella because it's like they, the first thing I do is I read it and offer like a developmental or content edit so that people can see like how to, the picture book writing is very, it depends on how, what picture kind of picture book you're writing, but Really, it's supposed to be a, a combination of the illustrations and the text going together to tell the story and not just the pictures complementing the story. And so I talk to people a lot about that. So it is very, it's a variety of of coaching. Awesome. Different and you still love to do it. So before we end up our um, interview, I'm going to have you tell us where to find you and where folks can contact you if they're interested in any of these services that you offer. But before we go, tell us about your books, the books that you've written, and uh, what's next on the horizon for Margot Dill as an author. Sure. So um, three of the books are still... Uh published right now and two of them I have the rights back to and I'm planning to publish myself so the three that are out there right now are there's two historical fiction for middle grade and it's set during the Civil War one is called finding my place uh, and then the other one is called um, Anna's baking championship it's the same family in both books Anna's Baking Championship is a prequel to Finding My Place. Um, and so that's perfect for fourth, fifth graders, something like that. I've done a lot of school visits to fourth and fifth graders <laughs> in St. Louis. Um, and that one is published, the Finding My Place is published by White Main Kids. And then the prequel I published through Editor 911 Books. So. Um, and then the other one that's out there is called um, That's the Way It Always Happened. That is a picture book. It is, um, it takes place during Red Ribbon Week, which is um, a week that schools 
often acknowledge at the end of October as a way to talk to children about staying off of drugs and drug use and, um, you know, how it's dangerous. And so anyway, when I was a teacher, I used to be a teacher and someone told me there are no books about staying off of drugs that are like stories for young kids, like kindergarten, first, second, there is a lot of like, say no to drugs, say no to drugs, you know, little short books about say no drugs, but no story. So I wrote a story. So it's an actual story about a little girl named Lucy <clears throat> who has trouble listening. And it just so happens that it takes place during red ribbon week. And so she's listening to her teacher talk about staying off of drugs and she gets it all mixed up all the time. And causes her problems <laughs> i mean she's it's very i mean it it's a way to introduce kids to like what are drugs and why are they not good and how are the police involved and are there really drug dogs because all of this stuff is in the book but it's also a way that you can talk to kids about how how to listen or why it's important to listen and nice so Cute. And then the two that I still have on the rights to, but I have, they are, the publishers went out of business. So one is called Maggie May, Detective Extraordinaire in the Case of the Missing Cookies. And um, I have the rights to that. I just need to do it. Right. <laughs> I have all the illustrations that I got from the illustrator and I have all the words, of course, because I wrote them, but it's just doing it. And then the other one is uh actually a young adult novel that is about a curse on a family and it's sort of a teen romance too so again i just need to get it out there so uh, you know i i'd spend a lot of time i really liked helping the authors that i'm working with and so i think for myself a little bit of the putting my own work out there through editor I'm on the books, it takes a little bit of a back. <laughs> well, I was going to say, you're lucky that you know someone who can help you with yeah. that. You know, you could do it yourself. Yeah, just, it really is just doing it because I know how to do it. It's right. just doing it. We call that low-hanging fruit, Margot. Yes. <laughs> yes. You know, what the heck? Get it out there. And I love I love that the Maggie May, the illustrations are great. Um, the, um, yes. Right. It sounds like that could be a series, I think. It, it, yeah, it um, I have a second book written um, that the publisher, you know, she went out of business, but she is going to. I don't have the illustrations for it yet, though. So gotcha. Gotcha. But um, but yeah, it I, it's it is a lot of just making yourself prioritize what what you want to do next really yes I find too that just you know when you have so much going on uh, and when you're marketing a book there are so many different things that you could do and so many it sometimes it just helps to just take a minute and you know take out a blank piece of paper clear off your desk take a blank piece of paper and just really think about you know what should I focus on first and why you know kind of right. go through the reasoning, like, okay, if I spend time on this, will it lead to book sales? If I spend time on this, is it is it money well spent? Am I just doing, right. and what's it going to lead to? And sometimes just take, when you feel like you don't have a minute to do that, if you just take the time to do it, your priorities will become a little clearer. That is great advice, yes. Yeah. Agreed. 
Yeah. That's yeah. Advice right there. There you go. Come <laughs> to me anytime. Okay. So, um, where can folks find you, Margot? And thank you so much for sharing your your story and all all the services that you provide. A lot of great information. Um, so I. My personal website is margoldill.com. My middle name's Lynn, so margoldill.com. And then the Editor 911 website, which has all these authors and books and information that I've been talking about, including how um, anybody interested could buy some books for classrooms around the St. Louis area or in your area. How nice. um, For half price, basically. Uh, so that website is editor-911.com. Thank you. And I'll, I'll have all that information in the show notes. Do you have a direct email for folks who are listening who might want to just contact you and say, hey, let's yeah. have a conversation? Yeah. Um, so I have uh, Margo Lynn Dill, which is, uh, again, my middle name, L-Y-N-N, at gmail.com, or it's probably easier just margo at wow-womenonwriting.com. Got know, it. It awesome. all goes to the same place. Yes, yes, <laughs> very good. And I'll, I'll put that information in the show notes. Thank you so much, Margo, for being with us. Thank you for having me. This was a lot of fun. And you are listening to Get Your Book Seen and Sold. You have been listening to Get Your Book Seen and Sold with Claudine Wolk. Thanks for listening, and remember to share and subscribe to my Substack, Get Your Book Seen and Sold, at claudinewalk.substack.com. With paid subscriptions, some less than $5 a month, you will have access to all of my resource-filled posts and podcasts, plus a fill-in-the-blank book marketing plan that you can download. At the highest subscription level, you will also get a 30-minute consult with me. When you are ready to make some decisions about your book, subscribe today and let's come up with a plan.